Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, everybody? We are back, and of course, better than ever. And it's hard not to be feeling good about yourselves when there are things in the world that are so disastrously awful. And that being the Oakland Raiders here on Thursday night. <laughs> Obviously, you listen to us <laughs> on Saturday, but we're coming to you live. Roz felt like extending a knowledge branch. We live in a world where there's a lot of hate, a lot of issues going on right now. And so for us to continue to want to snip John Gruden and bash him and bring him down, I thought, you know what? Why not extend the olive branch today, put a $20 bet on the Raiders, see them come out, play against a third-string quarterback and 49ers, play probably a good game because both teams are probably low level. Well, that olive branch has been taken off. I have brought the wood chipper, and I am chipping it away. And in with the olive branch goes John Gruden as he is being chipped, not snipped. He is done. They're down 31-3 to as we speak. We're not even out of the third quarter yet. This is the worst organization i've seen ever ever in the game of football and that's a browns team that went 0 16 i've never seen a team look like they have zero nfl talent on their squad and Derek carr is learning just as much about football as his brother david carr is instilling in him the raiders are done sniff chipped out of the way now let's talk baseball with wits because i know that's the uh i know that's where we're headed with this one well, I would like well, to get would, my two cents in about the game, too. Um, let's give some credit to Nick Mullins. At the end of the third right now, he's 15-20 of 20 for 260 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Raiders doing their best to make this guy look like Peyton Manning. Uh, Shout-out Southern Mississippi, though. Uh, Brett Favre, alma mater. But I agree with you, Roz. I don't know if there's anywhere we can put John Gruden where the pain wouldn't be enough because this Raiders team is... They're just lower than garbage right now. Lower than dirt, lower than the core, lower than the mantle. I mean, you're imploding at this point in terms of the earth if you want to go any lower. So, yeah. Derek Group. Carr uh, putting up his best effort at being Dak Prescott. 16-22 for 171 and no touchdowns, five sacks. Man, this Raiders team, it's hard to believe that they can be this bad, um, especially getting blown out. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think the 49ers could score 30 points. On any night. Not with a third-string quarterback. But let alone with a third-string quarterback. And two backup running backs in Matt Brina and Rudy Mostert. So, right. And with a leading receiver being Pierre Garçon or 
uh, Marquise Goodwin. I mean, I don't even know if those guys would constitute as a third wide receiver on most NFL teams. So George Kittle though, solid, great tight end. I think top five Uh, tight end in a, in a tight end down year. I would say he's up there in the upper echelon of tight ends as he has. And of course, there's one guy in the in our league who has him. Jared and that happens to be the 8-0. Jared Rubin. Jared Rubin. Don't worry, the, the <laughs> fantasy, the mojo, the juju, still out to get you, Rube. So you'll get your time. Get your time right, under so the bright lights. Let's talk about some big things going on in Major League Baseball. We got the... We got the Red Sox winning the World Series in five games. They didn't complete the sweep like I said they were going to do. But this has to beg the question, what's next for the Dodgers? I know that this Red Sox team, it's unbelievable how good they are. They just like, This was the icing on top of the cake, on type of the, top of the cupcake, wherever you want to put your icing. And they were just the best team all year. It was kind of like a Golden State-esque type team. They just were not beatable. And they showed that throughout the postseason, the regular season, and in the uh, in the World Series. So my question is, the Dodgers don't have the money anymore. They're not going to be able to retain Kershaw if he decides to opt out. They're not going to be able to bring back Manny Machado. They have all these other pieces that are eventually going to need to be paid as well. What's their next step? Is this the beginning of the end of, wow, fumbled their car, the beginning of the end of the Dodgers? No, it's not the beginning of the end, Roz. Um, first of all, I think they're going to find a way to make the Kershaw deal work. Um, they they give him an they gave him an extension on his decision, so I don't think we have anything official yet whether he's going to opt into that contract. But kind of a tough decision for a guy, Roz. Um, owed thirty, I believe, thirty one million over the next two years, and you got to figure if they were if he were to be re signed by the Dodgers or anybody, I don't think he would command thirty one million a year with you know the way he's been pitching as of late. Still had a pretty good ERA this year. It was up near the two seven range but you know his fastball velocity has decreased each year each of the past four years um so i feel like if he were going to oh. sign with the dodgers i think he's got to restructure that deal um and obviously not take 31 million a year because i don't think he's worth it anymore he's still a very good pitcher but you know a guy who's had a history of injuries particularly the past three years um down fastball velocity still a very good pitcher but not the clayton kershaw who was Arguably the past, the best pitcher of the past decade, um, probably from 06 to 2016. And so I think they're going to find a way to make it work. I don't know if Clayton wants to go anywhere else, but Manny Machado, I do not think will be in a Los Angeles uniform next year. Main reason being they still have Corey Seager. I mean, people forget Corey Seager, um, one of the best young shortstops in the league, you know, and didn't play it all this year because of an injury. But I think the Dodgers will not stray far from the NLCS next year. I think they're still a very good team. They're going to make a run for it again. Um, and they can always go sign somebody else, you know, midseason, make a trade. They'll do something to get it figured out. But I think the Dodgers are, I think they still have a lot of good times ahead. Well, so before we get into where people are going, since Harper and Machado are going to be the biggest pieces that are on the move this offseason, are the Red Sox instantly the contenders again next year that they were this year? Are they going to be the 108-win Boston Red Sox? Are there going to be troubles along the way that we can't foresee right now but might be able to predict upon? Or is it going to be kind of open for the Yankees, the Astros, the Indians to kind of slip their way back into a potential World Series berth? Well, I mean, I think with the Astros, they're 100% still have a chance to get back in. But I think, you know, but before we talk about the moves, we got to give some love, I think, to just the entire Red Sox organization, what they were able to do this season. 
Um, regular season was remarkable with the hundred, I think it was 108. I think, is that right? 108 wins. Um, and the postseason, I thought they were going to run into a lot of trouble versus the Astros. I thought the Astros were overall just a better team, but the Red Sox, everybody really stepped up. And then you look at the world series, Steve Pierce winning the MVP, um, an enormous game five and just an unbelievable postseason, just an unbelievable team effort by everybody. Um, and especially one David Price, who had not had found postseason success in his entire career, but pitched unbelievable, I think, in the World Series. Um, and then near the back half, the ALCS. A lot of credit to him. It was cool to see Chris Sale get the final out of the World Series. But you look at the midseason acquisitions of the Boston Red Sox. They got Evaldi. They got Pierce. Um, I'm thinking of one more guy. They made another big move that ended up paying a lot of dividends down the line. So a lot of credit to you know GM Dave Dombrowski. Did a lot of great things this year. And you know around that good core, I think their deadline was better than any other team in baseball. Um, and they just steamrolled through the entire playoffs. It really wasn't close. A lot of credit to them. Um, I think they're going to be back for another big year. You know, I think the Yankees will give them a little better fight for the division next year. But I think the Yankees need some more starting pitching, flat out. Um, they're going to need some guys and, you know, kind of build around judge Gary Sanchez, Jaron Carlos Stanton. Hopefully Didi comes back, um, you know, at least halfway through the year, but that begs the question, will Manny Machado end up in pinstripes? We do not know, but that is all the time we have here for the sporting edge. Everybody, if you miss the show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM247.com. We'll be back after the break with some college and What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And of course, we are going to start talking about NCAA and the big week ahead. Obviously, the one versus four matchup is on everybody's mind, Alabama, LSU. But let's uh, let's break down a little bit of what occurred last week. We had some top 25 matchups that didn't disappoint Washington State with a massive comeback against Stanford, winning 41 to 38. I'm not saying there's life in the Pac-12, but I'm saying... It was interesting to see Washington State hop into the top 10, moving up four spots. They're behind UCF. And, uh, yeah, give me a little rewind. Who picked who had Washington State last week against Stanford? I was looking uh, good that's for right. three Wits, and a half quarters. Wits did. Wits three. had the big Cougarville top 10 ranking. The Pac-12 is not dead, Roz. They are not I, dead. I would say they're pretty dead. There's not much hope. They're not going to make it over a one-loss Big Ten team or Big 12 team. We'll move on from that. Washington has an easy schedule to finish off the rest of the way. We had um, Georgia taking down Florida a week after I had said, "Hey, Florida, here's my last, here's my last give to you guys. I'm going to put some money on you guys. See what you can do." Georgia goes in there and just uh, takes the W that that was rightfully theirs, winning 36-17. Florida continues to have absolutely zero offense. It was murdered with all the people Aaron Hernandez murdered. And uh, it's uh, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to be growing anytime soon. Florida is just one of those teams that because they have an SEC badge on their jersey, they get to be higher ranked. But they're a team that I think is disgraceful to college football. Disgraceful rank- to the word it. offense. Fake ranking. And, uh, they're fake ranking. There's no doubt about it. There's not a, a bone in my body that doesn't believe they're fake ranking. Penn State beat Iowa in a Big Ten matchup, 30 to 24. Really was pulling out for Iowa there, but. Penn State is still Penn State. McSorley led his team down the field to win the game 30-24. to 
that was another big top 20 matchup. Literally no implication other than keeping the New Year's Six alive for Penn State. We had Texas go down to Oklahoma State with who called that one? Who said Oklahoma State is going to take down Texas? I just want to – his name starts with a Roz. What is this, Roz's fastest two minutes? You don't get you don't let Wits get in at all with any of his breakdown of the games? I let you get all your baseball in. I'm giving you what we're talking about. You're going to pitch in when I finish reading off the top games. You could tell me which one inspired you and tell me which ones I was wrong about. But, yes, that was my last of them, Wits. So get in, talk some college football to your boys. Um. Florida State, not a fake ranked team because they're not ranked. They're a fake football team <laughs> going down 59 to 10. Um, Jimbo Fisher knew it was coming, so he hopped. Jimbo he Fisher knew something. Um, real tough loss for Jimbo last week, though, um, against Mississippi State. Um, very disappointing effort by the Aggies. They are hanging on very desperately to their top 25 ranking. They're officially number 25, 5 and 3 record. Um, I don't know what the expectations were going into this year for Texas A&M. I don't think they were super high, but this team could be 7-1, and one, I think. Um, but just a poor effort against Mississippi State uh, while Roz is sneezing all over himself. Um, but yeah. Well, we lost the gum. It's a very rare sneeze when you lose your gum. But let's, let's give some credit for, I think, the future SEC side of their division champion, Kentucky Wildcats. Two fourth-quarter touchdowns to take down the Missouri Tigers, and they kind of... Kentucky saved their season last week, Roz. I don't know if you were watching that game at all, but Kentucky looked absolutely awful, and they were able to hold off Missouri in a 15-14 barn burner, and they're now taking on number 6 Georgia this week, which is an enormous SEC matchup. Uh, You mentioned the Texas game. That was a great call by you. Oklahoma State beat them uh, 38-35. And that, that pretty much rounds out all the big action in the top 25, I mean, you had Utah State winning by 40 against New Mexico. Who cares? Houston right. beating uh, South Florida. Yeah, that was a top 25 matchup. 57-36. to 36. Wasn't a very good game. Um, not many very good games in the top 25 last week. But this week, Roz, we have a couple matchups for the ages. A couple big spreads, but these are some, some big-time games. Um, so why don't you take us through what's going on in the top 25 this week? Well, let's start off with no bigger game than in Baton Rouge, where Alabama is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, a one-first-four. I don't think there's ever been a spread like it. I've never seen a top-five matchup have that big of a spread, especially with the favored team being the road team. Uh, We have to kind of break that down. I mean, I do believe this is arguably Saban's best team he's had and definitely the best offensive team he has had. But you can't really count out LSU. I think there is the potential for this to be an absolute blowout. I don't know if LSU has the offense to match Alabama. But you do have that defense in LSU. That is probably very impressive. And looking to give looking to give their punch against Alabama, trying to hold off a 14.5-point favorite Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I mean, if this game's going to be a blowout, obviously I think Alabama is going to be on the winning side of that. Um it's so tough to pick against Alabama, even as a fourteen and a half point favorite. But I, I can't, I can't stop now. I got to take the Tigers. I'm going with you, Roz. Give me plus fourteen and a half. Give me the Tigers. Give me Cocho. Um, I think they're going to keep this game tight for a while. I see it ending as a fourteen point game. 
It's my honest opinion. I love the half point here. I think it's going to come into play, but please, LSU, keep it close in the first half because if Tua gets hot, this game this game could end up like 60 to 15. It could be right. one of those games. Um, Probably setting a record for biggest margin of victory against a top 25 opponent or a top five opponent. I mean, opponent. just as, as good as um, Alabama's defense is, I mean, their offense is arguably just as good on the other side of the ball. And I don't care how good LSU's defense is because I think Tua is a generational college football talent that is not very easily stopped. I don't really care who he's playing, but this could be a rough one. But I hope LSU comes out to play. They've they've been given new life. They lost. They're back in the top four. They're back in the playoff conversation. So they essentially they control their own destiny. Let's put it that way. Um, but what are they going to do about it now? They need to win. I need to lose by less than 14 and a half for Wits and Roz's sake. <laughs> for Wits to be happy. But we're going to move away from the SEC for just a moment as we're going to hop into the Witsland. We're going Michigan versus Penn State where Wits will be at the game. Michigan, again, another big spread. They are at home, so it makes a little bit more sense. Michigan is minus 10 and a half at home against number 14 Penn State. I will be riding with Wow, I don't even know who I'm riding with. I will be riding with Penn State plus 10.5 here. I believe that Penn State isn't going to be blown out again. Look at how they played against Ohio State. I don't even think Penn State's been blown out. They just have had a couple bad losses. I like Penn State here, keeping it close. They may lose by three, but there's no way they're going down in double-digit fashion, not with McSorley on their squad. Yeah, funny. We're actually we're on the same side again. Um, I'm very pumped to be at this game. I think I'm. I think it's section 170. I think uh, kind of. Come say hello. Yeah, the kind of the right corner of. I don't. I don't know what end zone it is, but one of the end zones. Um, I like the matchup here. Big Ten matchup. This is a big time game, um, and I do. I agree with you, Trace McSorley. I think. I think he's a big. He's a big time college football player. We've seen him make. Um, just some miraculous plays led some very awesome victories in his time at Penn State. I know they've had a little bit of a disappointing year, six and two right now, but you know this is this is a huge game versus Michigan, and I do like him plus the ten and a half. Um, again, gotta love that half point. I think they keep this within a one score game, though. I don't think Michigan has the firepower uh, to blow Penn State out of the water. I think this is going to be a very tough defensive game. Kind of similar to the Michigan-Michigan State game, but I, I see this game being like 17-14, 21-17, something of that nature. Could come down to a final drive, we'll see. But I do like Penn State plus the 10.5 here. I think it's going to be an awesome matchup. We shall see. This could propel Michigan into the college playoff rankings, especially if LSU or Alabama is to go down. Our next matchup is going to be Texas versus West Virginia, and I'm going to stay with Will Greer and pick West Virginia here in this game. I know West Virginia is going on the road, but I like them plus one and a half at Texas. I'm on the other side of this one. I like Texas six and two. They're going to seven and two. I think they're going to be a top 10 ranked team after this week. Um, Very tough loss to Oklahoma State. Texas, I thought, had an outside shot of making the college football playoff. I don't really see it that way anymore, but um, this is a a big-time game versus, you know, Heisman hopeful and Will Greer, but... I think Ellinger and Texas get it done. Um, and I see a 38-35 win by Texas this week. Let's take the same score. Let's flip it around. Give Texas the dub. In the meantime, that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com. We'll be back after the break, breaking down our final picks of the college football slate. Then we're going to hop right into the National Football League because we get a lot of big games this week. 
What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are finishing up our NCAA picks before we head into the hot and heavy NFL slate. We have one more ranked game, and that is going to be Georgia versus Kentucky. Georgia is going to be at on the road against Kentucky and also has another crazy line. But I'm liking Georgia minus eight here. Kentucky not really impressing me against Missouri. Haven't really impressed me the last two weeks. And similar to Florida, they have no sustainable offense. They might have scored twice in the fourth quarter, but it took them four quarters to figure out what to do with the ball against a not-ranked Missouri team. I like Georgia coming in there, and just like they did to Florida, they're going to smash Kentucky, probably win this game 54-14. to 14. I disagree. I like Kentucky yeah. in this oh, game. Do you? Um, like I said before, this is a huge SEC East Division matchup. We'll probably decide the winner of this division. I think um, this, is, this is just a huge game. Kentucky, I agree with you, looked brutal last week against a very underwhelming Missouri team, but I think they're going to come out to play this week. Give the ball to Benny Snell. Give Benny Snell 30 touches. Give Benny Snell 200 yards. And give Benny Snell three touchdowns. I think he's going to run all over this Georgia football team. Um, whole new experience for this Kentucky team. Their best division finish ever was a tie for second at 4-4 four and four in 2016. They got several third-place finishes, but um, they finished last or next to last. Listen to this. 19 times in 26 seasons. So they, they know what the bottom feels like. So let's give Kentucky a little bit of taste. From the bottom, now they're here. Exactly. Let's give Kentucky a little taste of the top. Um, game kicks off at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central time. One uh, That'll be 12.30 Roz time. Um, big matchup. I like Kentucky in this one. And I think Georgia just kind of has a little bit off game here. I think they're a better football team, but... Um, give me Kentucky plus eight and give me Kentucky straight up, parlay it, flip it around, do whatever you want with it. Uh, but the Wildcats are going to come out on top here and take a one game lead in the SEC East. Bold, bold is what I have to say to that. And we'll finish off with bold picks because it is Saturday or better known in the Northwestern area as Catterday. Let's get it. Northwestern plus 10 rare going for the W against Notre Dame. We could have two top four teams losing this week either alabama lsu or notre dame just straight up when they lose to northwestern you want to talk about bold predictions i love the wildcats and they're going to come out and they're going to beat this notre dame fighting irish in evanston you got a lot of accents on your words today i love it a lot of passion behind you today roz 
Um, big fan. After the Raiders game, I've been watching. I need passion in my life. <laughs> you need you need passion drive, and you need some enthusiasm. Um, my last game, I'm taking in the top 25. I like Oklahoma this week versus Texas. Wow, it's totally going off of your original pick, but fair. Yeah, I, I changed my mind. Week out. Xander does not play by the script, it's and he more, chooses something without it's telling more, Roz. It's more a lack of remembering because you're the one who writes down the pick. So I, you know, I don't have the greatest memory. We talk about so many games at once. Um, I like Oklahoma minus thirteen and a half here versus Texas Tech. I think Oklahoma, while they might give up forty, I think they're going to score in the sixty to sixty-five range. Um, I like Kyler Murray. He's done some big things this year, and I think he's definitely in the Heisman race right now. Oklahoma still has an outside shot getting to the college football playoff, and I think they're going to make a big statement win versus a, a decent Texas Tech team. Not great, but 5-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in the Big 12. Big conference matchup here. Give me Oklahoma 42-24 to 24 in this one. Well, that is all of our college football picks. Now we can turn our attention straight back to the NFL where we just were gifted one of the worst games of all time. The San Francisco 49ers with three minutes and 59 seconds left are up 34 to three. My spread wasn't close at all by any stretch of the imagination. And we start the new gambling period off with an L, but let's talk about the NFL a little bit from last week. I was in attendance at the Rams Packers game where Highway robbery was committed at the highest level. You watched O.J. Simpson being chased down the highways of L.A. Well, I just watched my chances of seeing history chase down that same exact highway right behind him. Ty Montgomery, the selfish man that he is, the weak-minded man that he is, takes the ball out of the end zone instead of allowing for the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL to perform the way he does with the final minutes of the game. And he fumbles it, giving it to the Rams who, like Rube, are an undeserving 8-0. and It is unbelievable to say that here. I was miserable. I was upset. And to make matters worse, we traded HaHa Clinton Dix in the middle of the week, and we are now safetyless with Jermaine Whitehead and Kentrell Price being our guys in the back. I am not worried. I am not shutting down the season, because how can you shut down the season when you have the best number 12 in the league? I'm feeling Aaron Rodgers going into Foxborough, but that'll be a conversation for a later date. We had a lot of other stuff going on in the NFL last week. A lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of ugly. Raiders remained That's ugly a, as they lost to Andrew Luck. I'll throw I believe. A, let me throw in my two cents for ugly. Jamius Winston. Holy regression. Oh, we were getting we were, <laughs> we were gonna have a nice conversation about the Buccaneer situation, that's for sure. Oh, but I want boy. I want to say Andrew Luck, top three quarterback right now in the NFL. We were really hard on him for missing over a year and a half of football. The guy looks like he's back. Just playing for a bad team. Slow your roll over there. Slow your roll. Statistically, he's in the top three this year, so there's no slowing of any roll. I want you to embrace my statistical knowledge. No, because I'm taking Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes in front of Andrew Luck right now. That's fine. You might in terms of opinion, but you can't in terms of stats. So that is why uh, that is where I am coming from here. But I'm impressed by him. They did beat a really shitty Raiders team. Pardon my French, but the Raiders are. They're going to be mentioned a lot here. They are one of the most disgraceful organizations of all time. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Jameis Winston, four interceptions. Looked like he was passing the other team. Kind of looked like there was some point shaving going on. I don't know if you've seen the longest yard, but Winston might be next in line to play that lead character in the remake. But Fitzmagic came back, almost had the 
comeback of the century. They do end up losing by a field goal. Fitzmagic will start against the Carolina Panthers, but I don't think there's really any Fitzmagic left. We saw after he got benched the talent that he really had. I don't think there's a lot going for Dirk Cutter and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, especially in the division they're in, which is a stacked, stacked division. I mean, I think Fitzmagic is still well and alive, Roz. I mean, this guy led the Bucks to 18 fourth-quarter points, and they lost on a last-second field goal, which was not Fitzmagic's fault. Um, but unbelievable how this guy just he just comes in the game, and he just looked 10 times better than Winston. And Mike, this is the craziest thing. Mike Evans caught a touchdown weeks one, two, and three with Fitzmagic under center. Has not caught a touchdown since. And when Fitzmagic came in, end of the third quarter, he catches a 75-yard bomb. Um, so as a Mike Evans fantasy owner, I'm not mad about Fitzmagic starting next week, but Jameis Winston, just these interceptions were not like tip balls. They weren't great picks. They were literally right to the other team. And it was, it was sad and it was disgusting that this guy who was a former number one overall pick is playing this bad, but I agree with the decision. I think it's, I think it's time. Um, maybe we give him a shot sometime later this year, sometime next year, but Jamie's Winston, just like Marcus Mariota, to me, is underwhelming. I think there's some regression going on with both of those guys and kind of giving a, just a bad taste to that draft class right now. Yeah, we've talked about it with Luck and Griffin and, um, like you said, Mariota and Winston. There hasn't been those number ones and twos hadn't been what we thought they'd be. And Jared Goff, a guy I really came after, has been proving me completely wrong. And Carson Wentz, you know his skill. But another thing that was intriguing to me last week was the Pittsburgh Steelers taking out the Browns in a glorious fashion, leading to what you were excited about, the Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley firing and Cleveland once again in disarray. Not only are the Cavs without a coach, but the Browns aren't with one either. They do have interim Greg Williams, who is well known for his bounty gate. So we'll see. Maybe you throw the bounties back out there and it makes Cleveland a competitive team again. But Cleveland... I understand you got your NBA title. You are still arguably the worst sports city in America, and I'd like you guys to know that. Yeah, and I just I want to rewind the clock back to Sunday. I remember specifically texting you about Hugh Jackson, and this is pre-firing, but I want to read off some of these texts. They're pretty funny. Um, I said, and I quote, Dude, Hugh Jackson is snipped. Enough of him. I get a ha-ha from you. Um, give somebody else a shot. He's a cancer. <laughs> Poor Browns wow. from you. Uh, give the Browns a new owner, GM, and coach. They'll contend. Um, you say all the above is correct. And I said, Hugh doesn't deserve Baker, and he's uh, let's not let's not quote that. He's three and a hundred. Not good. Um, you say joining Gruden, and then I fired back with a Trump meme of you're fired. Bring back Apprentice Trump for Hugh. There should be NFL coaching apprentices, and I hate Trump, and I apologize for putting that political stance out there, but I would love to see him say, you're fired to about half the coaches in the league that have cost me money or fantasy issues this year because of how bad they are. So I'm with you, Hugh, getting the ax, and the Browns are going to slip back into peril as they play the Chiefs this week. I think the Panthers are a win we should talk about. Cam Newton kind of playing back to that MVP form, winning 36-21 over the Baltimore Ravens, who, believe it or not, they're 4-4 four and four and still contending in the AFC North in a very tough division. I think the Panthers are going to give the Saints a run for their money down the stretch. Um, yeah. We saw the Chiefs finally take on a little bit. but uh, 
Only coming out by seven. Yep, they ended up with the victory. Um, We'll break down some more action and get ahead with our picks, but that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. You missed the show, you know where to find us, LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM 24-7. What's up? What's up, everybody? If you're from Oakland, you might as well turn this off because we don't respect you anymore. Um, Let's finish up talking about the rest of the slate before we go into our picks. The Eagles beating the Jaguars in London. The Jaguars going out on a night bender, spending $45,000 on a tab. They were not willing to pay at a bar the night before the game. And yes, you know those players, they were the defensive players for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we know that team is in some wicked, wicked trouble I don't know what's going on there, but they will, in my opinion, be missing the postseason this year and will fall back to mediocrity, if not worse. The Jaguars might be back to the Byron Leftwick Jaguars we used to love and know. We had the Bears beating the Jets convincingly. Still still not thinking Sam Darnold is going to be any bit of a quarterback here in the NFL. Already talked Bengals. Seahawks covering it, beating the Lions on the road. Wilson against me in fantasy. Of course, he had to play his best game of the year. Didn't matter as I came out on top. Your Giants continue to be the most awful. I'm going to let you speak here for a second. 20-13, to 13, but really should have been 20-6. to 6. A late touchdown to Evan Ingram would not be enough, in my opinion, to spark any real um, interest in their season. I think they should have traded Odell Beckham as their one and seven. Eli is looking like he's going to the bench, minus the fact that the backup quarterback got arrested for hitting a cop with his car. So everything in New York is falling apart. We've got so much disaster in the NFL that it's almost time to move Alabama and Clemson up to the NFL ranks, just so we have some better performing teams at the bottom. Give me your two cents on your Super Bowl pick, the New York Giants. Oof. I don't even know if they're worth that right now. Uh, one and seven, oh and four at home. You're right. That game should have been twenty to six. Um, but thank, thank God for that Eli Manning saving a little, salvaging a little bit of my fantasy day with him. Um, with that last second touchdown, they're just brutal. They're terrible. Um, the Redskins, on the other hand, have the two top-rated safeties in the league now, with DJ Swearinger and Ha Ha Clinton Dix. So. Watch out for Washington in the NFC and the NFC East, because the Eagles are, hmm, they're not great right now. I know they beat Jacksonville. The Cowboys are, they're another, hmm, not quite sure about. There's a lot them. of in there. But Washington, uh, they might go on a little bit of a run here. But you brought up an interesting name, a name that has not been said. I don't know if ever on this show, but not in a very long time. Byron Leftwich took over as his first game as the offensive coordinator in Arizona. And Josh Rosen led the Cardinals. You are making this sound so much better than it actually was. You know what? You can never discount a win in the NFL because they're hard to get. I know the Patriots make it look easy season after season, but they are very tough to get. So let's give some props to Byron Lefwich and Josh Rosen for leading that fourth quarter comeback versus the 49ers. They scored 15 fourth quarter points. Josh Rosen, 250 yards and two touchdowns. They got David Johnson a little bit more involved. I would like to see more carries in the future, but um, touched the ball over 20 times. And the Cardinals come up with their second win of the year. Um, kind of looked lost in the first half, but put it together in the second half. And it's a big win versus the 49ers team, who you know looks like the best team in the league on Thursday night here. <laughs> 49ers are my Super Bowl favorite right now after the performance they put together tonight. 
We also saw the Saints win by 10 on the road against the Vikings, keeping the Packers in contention with the NFC North, so I couldn't be more ecstatic about that. And then we got the pick six of the century to save Roz's final bet of the March, or not March, we're in November, of the October gamble, gambling slate. Patriots win 25-6 while also injuring Derek Anderson, sending the worst statistical quarterback in NFL history back on in the field with Nate Peterman coming out of the bench to start this week against the Bears. Yep. All right, enough of last week. Let's get to this week, Roz. Give us Let's rattle our picks, picks baby. I'm going to rattle fire my first one. We both have it together. Panthers minus six. I'm loving the Panthers in this situation. I think they're going to take this W with ease as they continue to move along and move up in the NFC North. Yeah, I like the Wrong. Panthers. NFC South. <laughs> right. Um, I like the Panthers in this one, too. I think they're playing some great football this year. And like you said before, Cam Newton, he looks like he's, get, he's kind of regaining a little bit of that MVP form. It'll be interesting to see how this defense performs against Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I just think the Panthers are a much better football team here, and if they can hold the Bucks under 20 points, I think they should easily cover this game. Um, so I like the Newton-McCaffrey combo. is It's pretty lethal right now. Just ask Rube. Um, McCaffrey's catching like eight balls a game for 80 yards. So I like the Panthers in this one. Um, and let's go to the next game. We've got a split here. You're taking saints plus two. I'm going Rams minus two. I think the Rams were given their close opponent in the Packers. The Packers will be the only team that competes with them down the stretch, but I don't think the saints will be able to keep up or strike as much as they have against this Rams defense. I like the Rams minus two, whereas you like the saints plus two. Yeah, I like the Saints in this one. I think it's time for the Rams to have a little bit of a slip-up. Um, I know the Saints' defense isn't exactly uh, Alabama, but I like Drew Brees in this one. I think he throws for 400 yards and four tutties. Look for Michael Thomas to get a little more involved. Um, been a little shaken up. Not been putting up as, as big of stats as he did the first two weeks. Uh, I think he caught like 50 balls the first two weeks of the season. But I like the Saints in this one. So giving me straight up, giving me the plus two. Um and I think they win 30-27. to 27. Me and Wits both go to plus five in the NFC North, although he's riding in the Detroit Lions, whereas I'm riding the Green Bay Packers of the NFC North, going up against the Patriots of the AFC North? East? We're going East. And <laughs> we got 12 versus 12 in that matchup. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to lose this game. It's done losing. We're going to finish this season on a massive winning streak, whereas Matt Patricia is your pick for the Lions this week. Yeah, and uh, by the talks of it, you'd think Tom Brady is talking about the best quarterback in the league uh, with how much he's praised Rodgers this past week. Um, just good guy Brady um, doing his thing. That should be a, should be a great matchup. I'm not taking it, uh, like you said, Roz, but should be fun to watch on Sunday night. Um, better than this Thursday night game and probably going to be better than that Monday night game, Titans-Cowboys. But I'm going with Matt Patricia and the Lions. Um, the Vikings just... They just disappoint me, and I think that a lot of that has to do with Kirk Cousins being under center over there. The Lions are still alive in this NFC North hunt. Believe it or not, um, nobody really wants to win this division right now. So I think the Lions are still alive. Matt Patricia got real fired up at a press conference this week, yelling at a reporter for asking him a question with with bad posture. (laughs) If you haven't checked out that clip, um, it's pretty funny, Matt Patricia yelling at this reporter. You should check it out, but... Matt Stafford, I think he's going to have a little fire under his belly. They traded probably his best receiver in Golden Tate. So all you fantasy owners out there, look out. Kenny Galladay is going to be a top 10 fantasy receiver the rest of the year. If you don't have him, go get him. He's on Wits' team. He should be on your team too. Top 10 receiver. You heard it here first. 
The AFC West is where we go next with both of our picks. You've got the Chargers plus one, a game where I'm going to need zero points from both the teams. And I've got the Chiefs minus eight, where Tariq Hill is healthy. I don't care about the groin injury at the end of the week, but Kansas City minus eight, where he's going to take down the Hugh Jackson list, Cleveland Browns. I like that pick, and I know you like your Chargers plus one. Yeah, I like the Chargers in this one. Melvin Gordon getting back into the action here. Um, one of the best running backs in the league, fantasy-wise, just regular um, for regular purposes too. Um, runs, he catches, he does everything, and I think Keenan Allen is finally going to go off this week. He's had kind of a rough year, uh, 500 yards receiving and only one touchdown. I think Phillip Rivers finds him a couple times this week in the end zone. Um, I like the Chargers. 30 to 27 in this one as well. High scoring game. I think it'll be close with Russell Wilson, but I like the Chargers to take it home here on the road. You're finishing off with the Jets plus three. You, for some reason, have some faith in New York. No matter what week it is, whether it's the Giants or Jets, you keep it rocking. And I finish this week picking, I believe my final pick, I haven't said to you guys, is the Texans plus one. Give me Demarius Thomas to help out DeAndre Hopkins' stats go through the roof. I love the Texans plus one. Yeah, uh, my first thought when Demarius Thomas got traded to the Texans was, uh, is this kind of like a little uh, little Andre Johnson round two? Uh, Demarius Thomas, I think, looks pretty similar to Andre Johnson, actually. Um, so we'll see how that game goes. But, yeah, I do like the Jets on the road versus Miami. Um, no faith in Brock Osweiler and very little faith in Sam Darnold, but enough to cover the spread here plus the three. Give me the Jets and – that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. Didn't have any time to break down the NBA this week, but that's all right because we're five months away from any important games happening. Um, so stay tuned for more updates next week. We'll get a little more MLB free agency action um, as we get a couple big names out there. But we will catch you next week, everybody. Bye-bye, Raiders. Bye-bye, Raiders. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.